Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that you will take the word that you have in store for your children. And each one will receive what is their portion. I pray that the word will not be robbed from them, Lord God. Father, I pray that this word will bring forth fruit. It will bring life to them, Lord God. It will bring correction, Lord God. It will bring edification and it will strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. It was so nice to see the women participate this afternoon. It's a blessing. Sometimes we will never know how much they have in store in them until we give them the opportunity that we see that they are blessed and we were blessed today. Yesterday evening, pastor called me up and he says, are you ready for your message? It was quite late in the night and I said yes. And in our conversation suddenly he asked me, how long are you going to talk? And you know, you can live with a woman and you can never stop talking to them. I said one hour and he got scared. What one hour? Not one hour. I said, Pastor, how can we I ever preach a message so short to them? But God will give us the grace. Amen? Amen? I've titled today's message. We have exactly 23 minutes. So today's message is from one hour. You're going to get comprised. All compressed version now. Okay? Women, what does God expect from you? Women came forward and they did a demonstration, a beautiful act here. They said, how much do you obey the word of God? So now I'm returning that same question. Women, what does God expect from you? It really kept me thinking and I went back to the Bible. This, You know, I was very scared. I asked Brother Sudhir, can you pray for me? Please. I, this, is, this is truth. I asked many people, can you pray for me? I'm going to deal, I'm going to address sisters. And it's not easy to address a sister. You need grace. <laughs> All men know that, no? You need grace. So I want you, as I'm talking, continue to pray for me. Don't stop. Please. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible says that, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. You see that? In marriage, man is first asked to leave. Most of the time, man tells wife, you leave and come. But here the Bible says different. Man, you will leave. And when you leave, mama and papa, don't abandon them. And you cleave to your bigger mama, something happens. See what the word of God says. And they shall be one flesh. So one flesh will only take place in the supernatural is when you leave. You can be living in one house. But if you do not do the leaving, there will be no one flesh there. Have you seen that? I really admire God and praise God for the way he created woman and poured upon her abundant grace. 
Don't forget, it's compressed version. Let us look at the cycle of a woman. Okay? I'm going to take you to the cycle of a woman from the time she's a baby. Stage one, we see them as a little baby in the hands of parents. That woman who you have as a wife was once upon a time a little baby in a mama and in a papa's hand. Then in stage two, we see that little baby now grown into a young girl of age 10, 12. And these parents now start having beautiful memories of how they were still a baby. And sometimes even seldom talk to them in the baby's language also, forgetting that they are grown up. And then later on, they, they had this big dream of this little girl, of what God is going to do for this child. Stage three, they have grown up and now they become a fiancé for somebody. She's getting ready, like, you know, every father and daughter, uh, husband and wife, when they look at their daughter coming to 22, 23, 24, you get butterflies like so these days. We start getting butterflies. And she is now a fiancé. Now she starts the dreaming. Your dreaming is over. Now she starts having the dream of that Romeo, in which Aussie is going to come. White horse, black horse, colored horse, and she starts in her dreamland. Now we go to stage four. This fiancé now becomes a wife. She is your wife now. You have snatched her away from her mother and father. She becomes your wife. Now this woman does strange things start taking place in her. Number one, she changes her name for you. The first thing she does at the altar, for you, men, and for me also. So whenever I use the word for you, it means me also. She changes a name. Number two, she changes a home. Number three, she now leaves a family. Sudhir, you found your baby? Three, she leaves a family. Four, now she comes and she moves in with you. Number five, she starts to build a home along with you. You with all these crazy ideas. But she stands along with you and she says, I will build that home with you. Stage four comes to an end and now we see that wife of yours now becoming a mother. Stage four. The first thing, the moment she's going to become a mama, she gets pregnant for you. For you, she becomes pregnant. A pregnancy changes her body. You know, when she was a spinster, she had that Miss Universe. Now she becomes a small globe. <laughs> but for who? For you. She becomes fat. For you. That universe is gone. She almost gives up in the labor room, due to the undurable pain to have your baby, your baby, on that labor ward. She goes through hell to give you a heavenly baby. Even the kids she delivers bears your name, my brothers. Even the baby she delivers bears your name. We go to stage six and we look at this woman. Now she becomes a grandmother. 
And she goes through the same agony of helping you to bring up your children now. Some places, sorry to say this, no offense please, she becomes a baby sister instead of a grandmother. You're not, of, you're not able to afford a babysitter. You lie to your, grand, your parents and say, can you visit us? Come and stay with us. You lie. And that poor lady leaves her husband behind, comes and stays with you to be a babysitter for your children. She does that for you. She goes through all these stages and everyone around her Expects the best performance from her all the time. And when she does not meet to our expectation, we slowly push her away now. Because she is not to our expectation. When she does well, we sometimes appreciate her and very seldom praise her. But if she ever fails to meet us, According to our standard and our expectation, we now condemn her. Sometimes, some of them are beaten because they don't meet to our expectation. Many times driven away, and to the extent you try to put her away. Because that woman now does not meet your expectation. Till the day that woman dies, everything that she does, cooking for you, cleaning your house, taking care of your parents, bringing up your children, earning for you to put food on the table, encouraging you to make sure you are relaxed, maintaining the family relationship when things go bad. Calling your family members on their birthday and you come at the last moment and take the phone and you say, Hi, happy birthday. But it's all instituted by her. Everything she does is for your benefit. Everything she does. Brethren, sometimes at the cost of her own health, she does that. At the cost of the hobbies she had, dreams is forsaken at the cost of her beauty slowly fading. Slowly, that woman that you see goes unnoticed. She fades away. Giving the best for you and me. The woman beside you, the woman in your house, does all this for you and me. Dear men, always learn to appreciate the woman God has given you because it's not easy to be her. It's not easy. She cannot do it alone. She can't do it alone. She needs you to stand beside her, support her, pray with her to accomplish this big task. Being a woman, somebody sent this to me a few days ago, is priceless and I'd like to share this with you. They said, woman, W stands for wonderful mother. 
O stands for outstanding friend. Thank you, Enoch. M stands for marvelous daughter. He's telling me to shut up, I think. A stands for adorable sister. N stands for nicest gift to man from God. But we fail to see the apple of God's eye beside us. They are God's gift to you and me. The woman that you have. I request all men to please stand up for one minute. And let us appreciate the woman in our lives. Let us clap hands and say, God, thank you. You blessed me with a wonderful wife. You blessed me with a wonderful daughter. You blessed me with a wonderful mother-in-law. You blessed me, Lord God, with a wonderful sister. For every woman that you brought into my life, Lord, I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. Sisters, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, men. Please be seated. Fourteen minutes. What will I do? I'm thinking, should I go to page eight and skip everything? I finished. I finished giving the message, actually. The message is given. Let me compress it a little more. I want to speak to four categories of people today. I want to speak to the little girls, the ten and above. I want to speak to the spinsters. I want to speak to the married women. I want to speak to the senior women. There are four, four categories, 14 minutes. Okay? Let us run through. Fast forward. Okay. I want to speak to the young little girls that we have in our congregation. Do you know Miriam, Moses' sister, when she was little in Exodus chapter 2? Her parents asked Miriam, watch over your little brother. Like how Aniel watches. I see Aniel like a little mama watching over Enoch. And when I was preparing this one, it came to my mind. Miriam was asked, watch over your brother while we put him in the basket. Miriam could have... Let's give a clap offering to Pastor. He's given me ten minutes. He loves you. He loves you. Miriam could have given all the excuses she wanted to her mom and dad. Do you know that? You know why? She was asked, go and look over your brother. You must understand one thing. The brother could get drowned anytime because he was in a basket. He could have get caught. He could have got caught between the reeds. He could have got caught in the wrong hands. Even he could have been killed. Miriam could have had all the excuses and said, Mama, don't you think I need to play? I have my friends. But yet she obeyed her mother. Do you know one thing? The smallest hack that you do towards your little brothers or your sisters, you will never know how you will impact in their lives. Because Moses turned out to be a deliverer. Because his sister made a choice to look after him while he was floating on the river. I pray... That every small act of yours in the present will be a mighty influence in people's lives in Jesus' name. Another small younger girl. Do you know Naaman's slave in 2 Kings chapter 5? She was taken captive. Now, she knew her master had a need. Her master was sick. 
she could have easily said, you brought me out of my country. You made me a slave. God punished you. That's the reason you got leprosy. But no. She never did that. She pointed her master to the prophet. And I pray that every girl, young girl, what is the conversation that you have with your friends every day? Is it about Hollywood? About the Grammy Awards? Who is left who and who is living with whom? Or is it that you are pointing your friends to Jesus? Just as the slave girl took all the trouble to point a master to the prophet so that he could be healed. I pray that every young girl in our church will point their friends to Christ in Jesus' name. I want to address the spinsters in our church. And I, I was thinking, there are so many examples, but I thought I would best choose Mary, Joseph's wife, while she was his fiancée. Many denominations, they give very much honor to Mary. And there are other denominations which gives no honor to Mary at all. But we have to be careful. We have to give honor where honor is due. Luke chapter 1, well, let's not read it, but I want you to write it down so that you can take it home and look at the scripture. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 30. Luke 1. Yes, Brother Matthew, if you have it, could you read it quickly, please? Luke I 1, 26 to 30. Month, hmm. The angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Amen. Amen. This should be the cry of every spinster in our church. Lord, may your favor find me. May your favor find me. I want you to look at the situation. Have you ever thought for a moment when the angel gave Mary the, the news? The angel said, Mary, you are highly favored. Now Mary could have thought in her heart, wow, I knew I'm going to be highly favored. You know, I did all the fasting. I did all the prayer. I did this, this, this. That's the reason I am highly favored. And she could have told, I am better than all the other women in the town. That's the reason God chose me. I'm sure for many centuries, all the virgins in the line of David would have been expecting that God would choose one of them. Because they knew the scriptures. They would have been waiting. Am I going to be chosen for this mighty task that God has in store? Now, when Joseph hears about this, that his fiancée is pregnant, what he tries to do? He slowly tries to push her away. Mary can be commended for the godly character she portrays here. Mary had all reason to tell Joseph up to his face, Joseph, you are not a godly man. Joseph, you don't have faith in God and you never had trust in me when I told you this. Joseph, you are a wicked and ungodly person. That's the reason the angel didn't appear to you first, but appeared to me. You are not praying enough, Joseph. You are not reading the holy books, Joseph. God will strike you for judging me wrong. She could have told that. Can't you see, Joseph, that I am the most righteous woman that God chose me among all the women in bread of life? She could have told that. But she did not do. Nothing of any of this nonsense came out of her mouth. 
She had all reason to condemn this man. But she never opened her mouth. She did one thing. She lifted up her eyes unto the hills. The maker of heaven and earth. I pray that every spinster in our church would receive favor from God to be chosen for a special task in the future. Amen. I want to address the married sisters. I want to address the married sisters. And I'm going a little deeper now. Okay? And I want to still focus on Mary. Do you know after Mary received from the Holy Spirit and she was now pregnant with Jesus, the first thing she did was, she said, I'm going to visit my cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth lived in Jerusalem. Mary traveled from Nazareth to Jerusalem. You know that? And she traveled back forth. When, was, when she did she do this? She was pregnant. Do you know the distance she traveled? 209 kilometers. Do you know that Mary was not from a rich family that she had? No, you know the, the, the pictures that we have Mary traveling on a donkey. That's not true. Because the Bible, if Mary would traveled on a donkey, Bible would have written Mary went on a donkey. When Jesus rode on the donkey to Jerusalem, the Bible specified it. But it says she traveled. She was from a poor family. She went all the way to Jerusalem, maybe by a donkey, if you want to debate with me. But she walked and she went. And she came back the distance while she was pregnant, number one. Number two, we know that, uh, that uh, Caesar put out a rule that we have to go for the census. And now Mary went full time to have the baby, traveled with the husband all the way to Jerusalem one more time. And when was this? When she was fully pregnant. The distance was 627 kilometers. All this while she was yet pregnant. She could have called the elders of Jerusalem and said, Elders, the angel visited me. I am the chosen one. Make sure you keep five-star hospital for me. Make sure you send the limousine, the chariot with the long bed, so I can lie and come down. She never did that. She didn't complain. She never grumbled against Joseph. Do you know one more thing? The place that she had a baby was one of the worst places to ever have a child. Have you ever been to a stable? Have you been to a shed where there are animals? It smells. It stinks. There are flies all around. That's the place this godly woman had a baby. In all this, she never complained and said, I need to go to U.S. to have this baby. Unless the baby is born in U.S. only, it will be good. She never said that. Take me to the five-star hospital. Please don't get me wrong. I'm quoting scripture. The reason what I'm trying to show you is, she submitted to her husband. She submitted to him. She knew, this is what my husband can afford. I will submit to him. If my husband can afford five-star hospital, then it's okay. But if my husband is not able to afford, I will not push him and squeeze his neck and tell him, take me there. She submitted. Now, I want to show you one more thing. After two years, little later, we find that Herod now was killing the children. And she had to take Jesus at the age of two. And they traveled all the way to Egypt. 563 kilometers through the desert, through the mountains, through all the rocky places. She went along with her husband in total submission. Nowhere in the Bible was it recorded that she grumbled. 
That's the type of woman God was, was, was preparing to bring forth the Messiah into the world. Wouldn't you want to say, God prepare me to be humble enough for the mighty work that you have in store. I pray that God will develop godly character in us. All the women. All the women. I pray that every married sister will learn to be content and adjust their lives along with their husbands. I never heard a amen. Praise God. I want to address the older sisters now. I left the younger sisters. Let me go to the older sisters. Do you know the story of Sarah? To make it short, it, you can, when you go home, read it. It's found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 11 to 20. Abraham now took his wife. The first thing the Bible says that he was afraid. He was afraid of his life. And you know what Abraham did? He lied. He made Sarah tell a lie. Sarah had all the reason to shame her husband in front of her people, to shame her husband in front of the king, and to shame her husband in front of everybody. The Bible never says that Sarah complained even though her husband was lying. She never complained. She never said, Abraham, you are a coward. She never said, Abraham, you have no guts, you are a liar. She never said that. One thing that she did, she lifted up her eyes to the Lord and God intervened in a situation like that. My brothers and sisters, do you know why God answered? Look, read verse 17, brother, that scripture. If you have, open that scripture to Genesis 12 and read verse 17. Verse 17. God answered. It and was not because of Abraham. I want to show you a secret, ladies. Yes, 17. And, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house mm. with great plagues because of Sarai, you see Abraham's that? wife. Because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. If it was Abraham's prayer, the Bible would have recorded God put a plague on the people because of Abraham. So we know from this, here is a woman who cried to God and said, Lord, my husband has told a lie, but can you intervene? And God intervened in a situation like this. I pray that God will intervene in every situation in your marriage also in Jesus' name. I want to address... All the sisters who have mother-in-laws, I'm going to dangerous zone now. You will not like me after this. All of you who have mother-in-laws, you remember the story of Ruth? Now you'll say you don't know who's Ruth also. You will say only this Ruth. Ruth lost her husband. Knowing that there was no more hope, that even her mother-in-law told her, Ruth, you can go back. Ruth says, I will never leave you. In Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Mm. And where thou lodgest, mm. I will lodge. Mm. Thy people shall be my people. You see that? Your people will be my people. And wherever you, one minute, brother, wherever you stay, I will stay. You see what Ruth is saying? Mama! Where you stay, I will stay. What will you say? Mama, where you stay, I will not stay. Mama, your people are not my people now. Please, brother. And thy God shall be my God. Mm. Where thou diest, will I die. Oh, wait one minute. 
You say, Mama, when are you going to die? Don't ask me to die. When you Ruth is saying, Mama, when you die, when I, I will die. That should be the cry of every woman to your mother-in-law. Yes, brother. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And that's the last place you want to be buried beside your mother-in-law. <laughs> and look at what Ruth says. Even where you are buried, I will be buried. And I want to share something very important here. When this woman honored her mother-in-law, God's favor found her out. Amen? Amen. When she learned to honor her mother-in-law, even Boaz, you know, Boaz also said that same thing. Boaz said that, I have heard of what you have done towards your mother-in-law. Look at that, women. I want to encourage you today. What you do for your in-law, people will be telling it out far and wide. When you learn to love the unloved mother-in-law, God's favor will follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for saying that. When you go home, I want you to read Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 31. Very, very important. Because of time, I have only 8 minutes. I want you to read that when you go home. I believe your role as a wife can be a tremendous help to your husband in Jesus' name. I need, or you, I want to say this very important. You need to let your husband to know that you are number one is companion. You should meet your... Don't uh, misunderstand me. I love you for this women's meeting and all those things. Those things are good. But that should not take the place of your husband's companionship. You can have all the women's meeting. Praise God. But if you don't have companionship with your husband, don't come for the women's meeting. First learn to be a companion to your husband. And then say, I will go and have fellowship with sisters. First, learn to support your husband. Your husband, not neighbor's husband. Then come and support the sisters who are in need. Many of us support someone else's husband. We were very good at that. But the own husband is suffering there. Not having a cup of water to be given to him. He has to call the neighbor's wife to get water for him. My wife is staring at me. Her eyes are open, void her at me. I love you, Wendy. Admire your husband. Don't admire pastor, please. When mother will be very angry. Your husband will feel a successful man when you learn to respect your husband. Sisters, you have the power to make your marriage as heaven on earth, by walking along with your husband during good times and bad times. And sisters, you have the power to shame your husband and make that heaven into hell also. I'll show you. Read Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4, quickly. And I'll show you the, what the word of God says. Proverbs 12, 4. An excellent wife, number one, is a... Men, you should answer this question. An excellent wife is a crown, crown to her husband. But she who shames him, the woman who shames her husband in front of people, in front of congregation, the Bible says as rottenness 
in our bones. It means you are infected when you shame your husband to anybody. No matter what happens in your house, it should be between the four walls. For conclusion, my sisters, respect your husband's leadership role. Please, for heaven's sake, respect the role that God has given to him. Ephesians chapter 5. We need to read it quickly. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 to 24. Let's look at what the Bible says about the role of your husband as a leader and as the head of the church. It says, Wives, submit to yourselves unto your own husband. Submit to your own husband. You seen that? Submit to your own husband. Yes, brother, quickly. As unto the Lord. Mm. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, mm. and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, mm. as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Amen. I'm going to go a little more deeper, more sensitive now. I'm, ladies, I love you with the love of the Lord. See, nobody says I love you too. Because they know I'm going to touch a sensitive area. Listen, the Bible says, submit in every, every area. Do you know what every area means? When we go back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 24, it says, when they became one flesh. So I'm going to show you what is every area. Every area means, doesn't mean submit only in the bed. I'm going to show you something. Submit in every area. You know the bed is only one bed, but you have two table lights stands there. How many wives who are working, sorry to say this to you, you do not want to submit in the area of finance. You want to have two bank accounts. How many wives do not give and put it into one purse to have your home go on? You say, you are working, I will keep my own account. And yet you want to be one flesh. How can you be one flesh when you have two accounts? Please, look at the area. God says, submit. You become one flesh. One flesh means in finance. Not only body. Even in finance. Today when you go home, tell your husband, we will have one account today, from today onwards. But don't only show one real as a salary. Show the full salary. Show him your pay slip, please. How many women, let me ask you this question. How many women have shown your pay slips to your husband? Thank you. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. God. You see, only seven, eight hands out of 150 women. You see that? We have fallen short to working women. We have fallen short. Sorry, don't beat me up outside. I'll ask my wife to walk before me. You've seen our eyes opening still more wider? I'm in trouble today. Okay, I want to close. A wife, I want to tell you a secret. A wife who allows the favor of God to rest upon her and who allows Christ Jesus to be a savior who gives room to the Holy Spirit to continuously fill her will be able to submit to the man that God has given her. Amen? When you submit, you will be blessed. You want to know why blessings are not falling upon you? Because you are not submitting. I want to close. Sisters, now I'll be nice to you. Love the man even when he's 
unlovable. Love the man even when he's grown old and he doesn't have hairs on his head, like Pastor Leslie and myself and brother also. We don't have hairs. Whenever my wife wants to beat me, I show my show my head. I've lost hair. Serve the man even when he doesn't appreciate what you're doing for him. Listen to that man even when you do not understand what he's talking. Be attentive to that man, especially to his physical needs. Do not anoint him with burnt offering with extra salt, please. God will bless you. God will reward you. And my dear brothers, now this is for you. See, don't listen. If God gives me the grace to stand there to preach for men, I'm going to give it to you. Now don't go home and say that message was for you. Don't tell your wives that. See, at last, what I could not speak in 32 years, he has spoken today. Don't go and tell her that. Sisters, you have the right to call our pastors and say, this is what my husband said today. My dear brothers in Christ, you have the best, given to you, best gift given to you by God. Amen? Amen? Either as a daughter, as a sister, as a fiancé, as a wife, as a mother, as a mother-in-law, as a friend. Lover. Honor her, respect her, treasure her, my brothers. They have fought all hell to make heaven for you. Amen? Sisters, I want sisters to rise up now before we close. All the sisters, please. Everyone who is a girl, rise up. I want girls to rise up, please. Not in between. Okay. Men, I want you to stretch forth your hand and say after me, after these women. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in Jesus' name. To close with. Women, I know you have a hard task ahead of you. We men are not easy to live with, especially with me. I, I claim Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 in your lives. I can do all things to Christ which strengthens me to take care of this man. God bless you. Let's just, it's either too soft or it's too loud, but let's try to find somewhere in between. Now let's take a few moments to thank God for everything that happened during this day. So we're coming to the end of the service. Let's just stand up. It's time to depart this place. A slightly different service. It's been a unique service, but we need to thank God. Because through this time, we have seen that God has placed in the midst of all of us women. Women for men 
women to be there for other women, women to be there for children. And all of us need to thank God for who they are. I just want to take a moment to, to read from Proverbs 31. I know you'll have to go back home and maybe as husbands and wives sit together and read Proverbs 31 verses 10 to the end and read it slowly. Okay, but let me just take a few verses from there. Verse 10 to 12. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Thank God today that you have a wife whose worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Thank God that you and I can trust our wives. Our secrets are safe with them. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And then I'm jumping on to 28. She watches over the ways of her household. Thank God that your house, your household is in good shape because of that one person in the home. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Children, call your mother blessed. You may not appreciate it now, but there will come a point of time when children, you will recognize that your mother is blessed. Older men, call your mother blessed. Not that we are exempt from calling our older mothers and calling them blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Thank God that you have this woman who you can praise. Just tell God, thank you Father God. Father God, we want to say thank you. We want to thank you Lord Father for today. We want to thank you Lord Father for every person you have used this day Lord Father. We want to thank you Lord Father that through this day you have taught us that you created each of us for a purpose. You created each of us for each other Lord. And into the lives of each of us you have brought a special person. And as a man we say thank you Lord for that wife you have given us. Father God, we are grateful. We ask, Lord Father God, that you will continue to bless every sister that's assembled in this hall. Be, be it a young child, a young girl, a teenager, an old, a young woman, a mother, an older woman, whoever it is, Father God, we ask that your hand of blessing be upon them, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that they will also realize that they are women of worth. They will not feel subjugated. They will not feel that they are doormats because that's not the way you have created them. Father God, I thank you, Lord Father, for every one of them. 
Father God, I pray, Lord, that we men will learn to appreciate those you have placed in our life. Father, we thank you, Lord Father, for every sister you have used today, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for the way they have brought across your love to us, Lord. We thank you, Father God, Father, your servant whom you used to bring to us again the truths about women, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that you will give us further opportunities, Lord Father, to know more of your creation, Lord Father. We give all thanks to you. All praise, honor and glory be unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.